Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of The Drive. That's the first time first time we've said that this year. And uh, we have a full studio. I think that's the first time I've said that this year. I don't know. Dan was here last Tuesday. And uh, so so he's back for the second time this year. But then I'm going to be gone. And we're both going to be gone. So, Drew, it's your show yeah. some next week. <laughs> Um, yeah, next, next week will be um, a wild card. Well, see, there is of the show. There, there is no, there will be no show, uh, none of the regular shows next Monday because it's Martin Luther King Day, uh, and that's that's good. So that's one less day um, that that I'll be missing. But we will be we will be cruising. We will be on a cruise next week. So uh, so I, I'm not only. Out of town, I'm out of the country next week. This is something we had planned. My wife and I had planned this when we were both planning our retirement and planning to retire from our day jobs, and it was going to be at the end of this past year. And, you know, during the day-to-day, I'm thinking, God, why didn't I go ahead and retire at the end of last year? The start of the semester is just insane. It is, and it's about to get I like, started. I like on to Wednesday. think I lended something of a hand today. I was more useful than you my, did. My usual, you did. Well, no, more I mean, useful no, than my usual day at work. No, it, it's you. You help out a lot at the start of the semester because there's so many different things going on. Uh, and, you need and, blockers. You need people keeping you away from from the from the. Well, the, the thing is, I forget. I mean, the thing is, it it it's so crazy that I mean, it's like at two o'clock. I'll go. Oh, you know, I probably. Probably should have taken a break earlier. Or, you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't have tried to hold everything for for hours now. I mean, it's like no, I just get carried away. No, what is what is there, okay? There was a Larry Sanders show episode from like twenty something years ago where uh, he uh, it's it's a very special episode of the show. It's an anniversary show, and he forgets that he needs to go to the bathroom before the show, and then during every commercial break, he wants to step away, but he's being pulled aside by people who yeah. need his time. And attention. that's the way it is, and that's exactly the way it is. So uh, yeah, just just leading up to the start of and the first like the first week or so of class. Oh, the first few days. That's right. Yeah. First few days, absolutely. And classes get started Wednesday, and the uh, hotline and, could go off during the show <laughs> with people needing your people well, needing your not attention. not usually until the first day of class on Wednesday. It'll start doing that. But I think we're we're here this week, right? I'm I've got a game Wednesday. I'm gone Friday. I mean, okay. I we 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 have to we have to drive down to Fort Lauderdale Friday. Because we've got to be on the ship. Have you have you told, first thing Saturday morning? Have you told the listeners what you're doing next week? Is it is it something you've you've gone into? Uh, some I just detail mentioned about? we're going on a cruise. I mean, we're going on a going on a uh, 
Uh, a blues cruise. Blues music, cruise. Music cruise not, next week. Not a booze cruise. A well, it, uh, there, cruise. there's probably, yeah, there's, uh, I can tell you from experience, there's a little of that on the ship But it as will well. be Bill's retirement vacation in, in many ways, right? It sort so of will. Yeah, yeah so sort of will. Not from the show. It won't be the last vacation. It won't be the last trip that, that we're, we're going to be taking any right. time. At least yeah. we got one planned. Is that, is that something you're really looking forward to in, in retirement, being yeah. able to travel? Yeah, well, I want to be able to, yeah, because we really haven't had a chance with me working two jobs and her working one full time. I mean, it's. It's been tough to How do. How about this? Pivoting to our topic on the show a little bit, or one of one of the things we talk about, would you have interest in going to more Auburn basketball road games than you currently do once you retire? I, I don't know. I don't know how many. Yeah, the, but I don't know how many of the SEC arenas you've seen. I know I've you've seen been most around, of them. Yeah, you've been around. You've been around. I've and seen you, most you of traveled, them. but I'm, 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 I'm thinking are, about trips that are more than a day and a day gone and back. Sure. You know, I'm talking and about seeing and seeing places you've never seen before. Yeah, which which is something that may that, not you know, be just in the southeast, right? Or, yeah. Although although Austin, Texas, and Norman, That's Oklahoma That's could true. be you know could be places. I I have a sinking feeling that Auburn uh, will be like so. So Auburn's hosting Oklahoma this coming yes. season. I think Auburn might be at Texas the subsequent year in a way to sort of balance things out. It'll be interesting to see how how they do things and what we get to. We can we can talk about that. We've got a lot to talk about. Hey, first of all though, I want to uh I haven't done this in a long time. Uh just a little drive of the day. Oh wow, okay. Because uh, look, I, I mentioned this before. Uh I I I uh got stopped a while back um, were you you were on the air when we talked about the, when I talked about this? I believe you? I was. Yeah, yeah where 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 I did not come to a complete stop at a stop sign in my neighborhood. Not that that's any less of anything to do. It's still dangerous. So so I attended I attended driving school. Oh, I've right. never done that before. <laughs> but hey, I I was given that option because I do not want my insurance right. rates to go up. So I did, and on the way over here today. I, I will pat myself on the back because I did not do a couple of the things that they said don't do, but it's very, very hard not to do, as it took nine minutes to get from Kroger here with cars racing by on the oh, left yeah. and pulling in on the right. One of the things it said, never, never close the gap between another car to allow a car to pull, to keep a car from pulling in. It's like, why? <laughs> I, but I didn't. I, I mean, when there was a tiny little gap and a car stuck its nose in, including that last gray explorer, you, you know who you are, uh, I let them in. I let them in. I wasn't uh, happy about feel? it. I don't, feel, I don't feel a whole lot better because it made me later getting here, but I got here on time. So it. it is what it is. That's Brian Matthews back with us on a Monday. Brian, at BMAT, it's like uh, he, he was very, very uh, gracious and was in last Thursday. And then, as we're mentioning, we won't be on next Monday. So I'm sure there'll be some rescheduling of that. But how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm ready for a big game tonight. And uh, I'm ready to see how this roster is going to shake up. I think we're almost to the end of the transfer portal stuff for January. Early transfer right. portal where, stuff. Where are you on tonight's national championship game? Um, I don't have any great analysis of it. I'm just pulling for the Huskies just because I want to. I think most people are. The Michael Penix story is a really cool story, and it would to end to, for it to end in college football with a national championship. I think would be. Uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be one of those movie-like moments that you sometimes get in real sports. There are also, I think, the, the, uh, oh, I, th- I think, I think look, a, you've got good guys and bad guys yeah. right now. Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, 
is a bad guy. Yeah, Michigan's is, the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, think, I think I think most people feel too, like well, he yeah. is a weird. There's guy. There's a significant number of people that are probably rooting against Michigan, regardless of who they're playing, sure. because Agreed. of what happened earlier in the year. I personally don't care about any of that. I'm just I, pulling for Washington. I'm, I'm just looking. Yeah, well, I would like Washington to win too, but it doesn't really matter. And you were saying this beforehand. I've heard quite a few people saying this. It's a strange feeling to watch a national championship game and not have somebody that you really are pulling against. Right. None of Auburn's rivals were in the national championship game since. i got to look it up. But it's it's been a while. Alabama, Georgia, and LSU weren't in this game. Oh, in, in the championship in the game. Championship you got to go back to the, the first time there was a 14 playoff, right, when Ohio State eliminated That's what uh, I said. Alabama Ohio in the State semifinals. And, and then yes. they beat Oregon. Oregon, yeah. that's who it was. Yeah, Florida, Florida, State, Florida State was in that play, playoff that as well. That was yep. 2014 regular yeah, season. that's what I said. Basically, since, since Auburn, Auburn yeah. since Auburn played at, at that first year that they went to four, and since then it's been either yeah. Alabama, Georgia, or LSU yeah. and Alabama playing for that. a national championship. Alabama was in that they first the, playoff. They, they were in the playoff. They got beaten yep. by Ohio just State. Like the, just like this year, though. Right. It sort of bookended with Alabama being in there and knocked out. The other thing I like about this, um, the last time either of these teams won national championships was back in the 90s, I believe. I know Michigan was 97. And Yeah, and Washington think, was no, uh, no, uh, 99. 90? And Washington, okay, Washington's winning with uh, with Kalen DeBoer, who, who if that, that that's a – in in a uh, power five environment where we've seen group of five coaches come in and seem overwhelmed and it's blown up, and including here at Auburn, uh, with a with a notable example of, of that, uh, seeing a guy who won a lot at Fresno step into Washington and win a lot at Washington does remind people like no that they're still there are excellent coaches at the group of five level and in the right situation they can be excellent coaches at the power five level and that that's what it, and uh, something we were talking about before the show. I have a feeling it's going to be Harbaugh's last game at Michigan. Yeah, I do regardless. too. I and a lot of NFL rumor is at least three NFL teams well, look at him as the top option on the board right now, as far as coaches they think they could get. And and uh, uh, amidst all the craziness, I I was on um, Doug's show there, uh, the Max Roundtable, for a few minutes today, um, and one of the things that that we were talking about is some of the comments Nick Saban made last week. And I I agreed with them last week, and I haven't found anyone who disagrees when he said it is there is more involved with being a college coach now. It is more difficult, more taxing to be a college football head coach yeah. than it is to be an NFL head coach. It's crazy, everything that goes on with your program right now. Uh, Don, yeah, Don Dunn um, the other day was talking about it, <clears throat> said he talked to a friend of his who's coaching in, in the pros and said, yeah, it's great. They get two and a half, three months break, you know, from yeah. basically uh, from, from the spring until the early summer when and it's talk, time for camps. The talk used to be, I remember when, when Steve Spurrier took the Washington job 20 years ago, the talk was, well, the hours during the season are much more brutal at the NFL level. But the off season actually, but the off season actually exists. Yes, in the NFL. there is no off season in college football now. As a matter of fact, it's almost like it's triple duty yeah. right now with the transfer portal, recruiting, uh, NIL, and you know postseason games. Sure, and, and NFL jobs might seem more attractive than they already were. Although I think in the yeah. past, when NFL teams have really wanted a college coach, they've been able to land that college coach more often. Than not, I think Harbaugh. College coaches, college coaches now are getting paid better than they used to. That used to be one big deal. Was it was just so much more money to be in the NFL? I don't know that that's the case anymore. And Harbaugh's the biggest. Uh, Harbaugh's been the guy uh, who's been linked as far as current college coaches. Harbaugh's been the one linked to NFL jobs the most this cycle. 
to me, and I said this last year too, but I stand by it, and I'd like your thoughts, Brian. There are three or four NFL teams, in my mind, that should be kicking the tires on Lane Kiffin as a possible NFL coach, including the Atlanta Falcons, who made a coaching change in the last day or so. Yeah, you know, you know what's you know what's crazy is apparently multiple Atlanta shows are calling for Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart's an interesting idea. I think I you know what, if I'm an NFL team starting over, I think I'd rather have Lane Kiffin than Kirby Smart because of the direction the NFL is going and the way that Kirby so much of his success is has been recruiting. built around has been built around yes. having superior players to me it's it's uh, like I could see why an NFL team would want Lane Kiffin I could see why an NFL team would want uh, Lincoln Riley as long as they don't let him hire his own defensive coordinator <laughs> or recruit on that side of the ball but just because of the way offense is going in that league if I were the Falcons, if I were the Chargers, uh, the Washington football team, like I think there are multiple NFL teams, and it would be a, it would be a devastating blow for Ole Miss to lose Lane Kiffin yeah, to an NFL team right now. But I understand why. I mean, look, the Raiders are probably out of the question because of how it ended. Although that was a different owner. Yeah, it was a different owner ago. Different owner, different city. Different. Yeah, it was. A, it, was a, it was a different Raiders organization right. in a lot of ways. Um, Although the, the owner's son was around when Lane Kiffin got canned, but still, like I think there are multiple teams, including the Falcons, where I would be thinking Lane Kiffin if I'm if I'm going in a new direction and I want to embrace the future of NFL offense and and football offense. I would be looking. Uh, I'd be looking at that guy. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. We've got a lot to get to today. Just getting underway. We'd love for you to join in. You can call us on the Drive Hotline. Presented by Skybar, that number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, uh, the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, presented uh, however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. And uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about, national championship game, transfer portal recruiting, the roster, coaching um, you know, the coaching situation, what, how is the coaching staff going to look? We'll get to that and more. Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com with Bill and Dan as we uh, just get to our first break here on the Monday Drive. Chandler here. Part of the drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. I guess we got sidetracked. I mean, when we started talking about everything else. Oh, and by the way, Auburn basketball yeah. hands Arkansas the worst oh, loss yeah, in the yeah, history yeah. of Bud Walton Arena. About that that was crazy. Unbelievable. Did you, did you see the title of the Observer podcast? Uh, uh, no, sh- I didn't. Shout out to shout out to Justin Ferguson for thinking of uh, Silence of the Hams. Was what he went with. Oh, no, that's as, great. I think that's pretty. Good. It didn't really silence him. It, well, at the end of that, well, the end of that game, the crowd, the crowd, it did. At the end of that game, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Dykes. The place himself, was empty, man. Former former Arkansas women's basketball coach Jimmy Dykes was on color for that game for ESPN, and he talked about how he'd never been to a game at Bud Walton Arena where the crowd was as quiet as it was because it wasn't the, a crowd. The second half of that game when Auburn, yeah, Auburn, pretty much. It, I mean, it was a seven point game at the half. And Janai Broom had not scored. As a matter of fact, he didn't score for the first few minutes of the second half. And then he just went but, off. But you were neither, thinking. Neither did Arkansas. Well, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. the thing is, you're thinking, well, that that's you're in good shape to be up seven without Janai scoring. But I don't think there's anybody who thought, and now Auburn's going to outscore him by 25 in the second oh, half. Okay. I mean, you, you take your pick of the, I mean, 
four second chance points, as Bruce Pearl talked about in the postgame press conference, which is, I think that's the fewest Arkansas has had in a game under uh, Muss uh, since, since, he, since he arrived. I mean, you can't imagine that they only had two in a game at any point, yeah. Eric Musselman, right? So it's got to be near the bottom, uh, four seconds. Well, uh, Auburn out-rebounded. Auburn killed them inside. I and, mean, ab- just destroyed them Yeah, Ar- Arkansas inside. Arkansas was uh, like around, around 30% from two in, in the game. Uh, Arkansas was out-rebounded by 16, which is Auburn. That's the stat more than any other single number where you look at the improvement from where Auburn finished last season to where they are right now. And it's a, I mean, I, I don't know if Bruce Pearl has had a team at Auburn that rebounds like this one. Auburn is in the, I think they're just outside the top 50 nationally in uh, defensive rebounds per game. And they've last season, they finished outside the top 300. Hmm. I mean, it, they, they are so much better. They've with, with largely the same pieces in the front court and the front. Well, you, you've added, you've added Cheney. But, I mean, Auburn's guards are rebounding better. Chad Baker-Mazzara adds so much there on the wing. I mean, defensively and then lately um, he's really picked it up offensively. And and Auburn uh, did what they wanted in the paint in in the game against against Arkansas. It was uh, was remarkable. Yeah, it was. So, uh, the Tigers hosting Texas A&M tomorrow night in another 8 o'clock start. And yeah, A&M has to pick themselves up. A&M, A&M the gets gets blown away at home. Yeah, A&M, probably the second most. I mean, Auburn, Auburn as a slight favorite, winning by thirty plus. In uh, we were talking about this uh, on the uh, with, in that conversation with Ferg that the I think it's maybe the best game Auburn has played away from Neville, considering the opponent. It may be the best Since, game Auburn's played away. From. You know, a game that came to mind for me was the last game before the COVID season in 2020 when Auburn blew out Tennessee. Tennessee was in the top 25 that game, and Auburn eventually, I think the lead was over 20. Auburn wins that game by 18. Samir hit eight threes. Like, that was the game that had people thinking that had the season not been called off, Auburn going into the 2020 SEC tournament going into the 2020 NCAAs would have been in position to make some real noise because they were playing their best basketball at the end. This team, that was the last game of conference play. This team did it in the first game of conference play against Arkansas. And now A&M, probably the second most surprising result from Saturday in SEC play was that A&M, as a double-digit favorite at home, got absolutely pushed around by LSU. And... I mean, every metric would tell you that Auburn plays better defense than LSU does. And the game is going to be at Neville and not at Texas A&M. And Auburn has plenty of motivation because it has not been, it has not been great uh, for Auburn. A&M has owned Auburn, Auburn cannot for the go last in, few years. Auburn cannot go in overconfident because of the way they just beat Arkansas. But I think Auburn goes in position where... If, oh, there's some payback. If a, but if A&M's not sharp early... They're in huge trouble yep. after what they showed against LSU, and to take that on the road, I, I just, yeah, I mean this this is a and it's a quick turnaround too. I mean you get you, you get sort of beaten in in convincing fashion by a team that uh, that, that that was not supposed to do that, and then uh, not, now you got to turn around and, and travel to Auburn and, and try to take down a team that's got to be feeling uh, as confident as anyone. What's the jump in the? I haven't seen the polls. Uh, Auburn, I imagine 16? seventeen and sixteen. Oh, I thought it was sixteen in AP at least. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so a, a you know a a suitable 
uh, jump after the uh, after after the way Auburn uh, after the way Auburn uh, played against Arkansas. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports wise, uh, we can talk more basketball. All right, let, let's go ahead and uh, get into some of the news of the day, Brian. Auburn mm-hmm. adding a couple of players yes. from the transfer portal after you know it seemed like. Man, it seemed like what is going a, a, on? Yes. Just a completely empty weekend. There was nothing, and people were just dying. When when's well, there, there going to be some news? New, there was news, but it wasn't about a guy joining Auburn via the transfer portal. You had the Keontae news, which is still interesting really because yet. it's not right. He, he right. is not officially in the portal. But I heard you on the on the Doug show. Right? Yeah, I mean the thing the thing that uh, I think a lot of folks haven't really looked at is I mean Keontae can be a graduate transfer, I believe at the end of this semester. Uh, So, I mean, if that's the case, he doesn't have to worry about going into the portal right now. Everything we've read is he's expected to enter the transfer portal. It didn't say right now. Maybe he's in the portal and we haven't seen. Brian, that would be a little unusual, though, since the deadline for Auburn players to enter the portal should have been Thursday night. Doesn't doesn't the deadline... But then he got... 48 hours, And it's business days. I oh, think. is it business days? Two business days? Then that could be Friday and today. It could be by midnight tonight. And I don't know the answer to this question, but is it five days after the bowl game? Is that five business days or five days? <laughs> See, I, there's so many new rules. I just don't it's know. It's supposed them all. to just be five and we days. Know, but we, but. Know, we know Keontae has not graduated to this point. Right. Is that, because I was going to say, if he's, if he's a graduate player now, the deadlines don't really apply. There's, to no, there's no deadline right. if so, you're a graduate. And that's also, it's worth pointing out, that's a position where. I think guys feel confident they could join a team in the summer. Uh, yeah, I would think that there would be quite a few teams that would be very interested in Keontae Scott, people even if he weren't able to go through spring ball with them. People immediately assumed a couple of things. One, he may go to the West Coast because he's uh, originally uh, from out there. Yep. I think people thought, well, maybe he would want to play for an SEC superpower if there was one willing to make an overwhelming NIL offer for him. And there's also, I think, the link that some people drew to, well, there's, there's multiple previous coaches for him right on last year's staff and this year's that that are uh, elsewhere now including crime dog who's who's at a&m um like that that would be presumed i mean a&m's a contender whenever any big time player you know jumps into the portal and uh, having his former secondary coach out there would you know maybe uh, grease those wheels a little bit if if Keontae isn't practicing with auburn in the spring what does the what does the secondary look like right now to you very very inexperienced replacing all five starters yep and it's wide open all over the place. I mean, Pepper Lee and Champ Anthony as Donovan, your, Donovan Kaufman is your is, is your most in. experienced guy to start somewhere. And I'm Champ thinking, Anthony's played a lot. Um, Kaufman's I the think nickel, right? Fine. Yeah, we, we were thinking Kaufman. Think. Would Champ is also probably a nickel. Yeah, I mean Donovan, um, I guess, could move to a safety. I mean, I could they move Champ yep. outside as the, if he's the if he's the number two guy? Yeah, I mean, could, what do you think of? of could, I mean, could you go into a season with? Uh, we're trying to get Pepper Lee going. But uh, you know, because cayenne pepper. But uh, but okay. So so with, with Lee, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering where the heck with, you're with, going. With Lee, with Lee, you, we talked about that with, with Justin. Yeah. Uh, what Justin Wilson? Uh, you know. All right. But with uh, with with uh, Kyan Lee and, uh, and and Champ Anthony, could you go into a season feeling good about those guys as your as your number one and number two corner, or would you want to add? Well, would I, you want to add veteran experience and the in the portal to? I think to challenge uh, that? I think you want some. Uh, who, who's want some who's more experience. The, the kid that was hurt early, then got in the doghouse. Rim. Um, JD yeah, Rim. JD Rim will probably be a starter. Yeah, assuming he's healthy and, and good to go. I mean, Totter. I mean, the, uh, we we've heard a lot of things about the young guys, right? 
you know, um, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. But I think they would like to add at least one more experienced, one more experienced yes. guy. Oh, and maybe two. You know, if they get a, a safety but, and a corner from the portal, that. But be today, as we were about to get to Brian Auburn added two players in the transfer portal: a defensive lineman and a tight end. Yeah, they got Trill Carter. Um, probably going to be a nose guard. Will compete probably for the starting job there. Played at Texas last year behind some NFL guys. Before that, he played a a lot of football for um, was it Maryland? No, Minnesota. No, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Maryland's, Maryland's the tight end. It's Minnesota. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, signed with him out of the 2019 class, I believe. Now he's and and he's from originally from Crisp County, yes. Georgia. And then um, Rico Walker. You know, Auburn tried to sign a stretch the field type receiving tight end in the 24 class. It just didn't work out. Um, and they felt like they needed one. You know, they needed a young guy to bring up, you know, because they're going to lose, I guess. They, they lost from, and then they'll lose. They'll lose a, a bunch. Everybody yeah, lose Dio, but Mike Frazier, and Fairweather after yes. this year. Yes. So they needed a guy in the program right now. Um, you know, Rico won't be asked to be a. Auburn, a, Auburn recruited him last year right. yeah. before he signed with Maryland as a very highly touted tight end. Yeah, he was Maryland's highest rated player in their class, son of an Auburn uh, defensive lineman, Ricardo Walker from the uh, 90s. And I, I think he's a guy that. Um, can get in the program this year, and then a guy you're maybe looking to step up and be a, um, a top target in 2025. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I know we're at 4.30, but John's been hanging on the phone for a little while. Let's get to John as we uh, continue here on the uh, Drive Hotline. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Appreciate taking the call, and I want, want to thank Sky Bar once again for sponsoring my call. <laughs> but, uh, I won't irony, irony. Me. Yeah, I know. Uh, did did any of you get to see the Auburn Central game the other night? I didn't see it. I saw the I saw a couple of highlights <laughs> of it, and what a, uh, a huge win was it? Eighty three eighty was the final. Eighty three eighty double overtime. Uh, Bama. Uh, they uh, Central's got a kid that's been, already been offered by Bama and Mississippi State or Ole Miss, I believe. But uh, they they're very talented, and Auburn High really. I mean, they're down twelve once in the third quarter, but. Uh, have any of y'all seen any high school basketball in Alabama this year? I have not. I've just seen some highlights. I haven't been to any of the games yet. Did you know that they have? There's no more one and one free throws. No. Is it straight Instead straight of doing to the double? Straight fouls to the, oh. for the team fouls to the half. They knew now do five fouls every quarter, and it resets every quarter. And once you get five fouls, you shoot two. So there's mm-hmm. no more one and one. That's the system, John. That's the system that college women's basketball adopted. I think when they went to the quarter system, uh, is, is that they they also go straight to the double bonus at five team fouls in every quarter. I think it's a, I don't know. I, I mean, the the one and one does add tension, especially in in big moments at the end of games. I also understand the simplicity of just going straight to two fouls. Uh, when, I would when, when love it five. I don't know how many first <laughs> one one I would miss, but uh, I just they kind of caught me by surprise this year, and, and then uh, I was told, yeah, they changed that, and I think it's supposed to speed up the game. I don't really know the. Well, it, it it would cut down on some of the fouls where you try to you know hack you, you do the the hack on somebody that you know isn't a isn't a good free throw shooter. Right, right. They had an instance of the night where Auburn High had a kid get fouled hard. And pulled him out. A kid came off the bench cold, hadn't played a second all game, hit the two foul shots, and then was back. The the starter was back in after <laughs> like one possession. But it was 
pretty tactical move oh, by yeah. Chris Brandt. But I got nothing else. I'll let you go to your break. I just wanted to call in and uh, uh good yeah, good stuff. Good hearing from you, John. Good hearing from if you, John. You get a chance to see Auburn High this year. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty. I think they're eighteen and three now. It's a pretty special team. Yeah, no kidding. Nice, great stuff, John. Take care, man. See y'all later. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join us here on the Monday Drive. With the drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 24 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill and Dan joined by Brian Matthews of AuburnSports.com. We said the other day that we were going to be at Franklin Tire today, but it's it's been a little crazy for David. Congratulations to uh, to David and uh, his wife as uh, they have brought a new Franklin in. Yeah, yeah, Sterling Alexander. Congratulations awesome. on uh, uh, on David uh, being being a dad of a newborn son there, and uh, we'll be back at Franklin sometime. But I mean, I can understand how. Uh, yeah, things things get a little uh, a little hectic. When all that Sunday afternoon, yeah. So everybody yesterday yeah. watching, waiting to hear yeah. from Percy, and then nothing. it was like, well, Monday morning, yeah. and nothing. Now today. it's Monday yeah. afternoon, and we're, we're waiting. I, I, I don't have any specifics of what the delay is or what's going on with that, but um, there could be a lot of things going on. So. Sure, and it could. I mean, you know, it, it could be as simple as the tough time saying no to either Auburn yeah. or Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. both of them, both of them wanted him very much. Yes. To be able to uh, step in. Now, he's an experienced guy, having uh, played a good bit yep. at Mississippi State. He signed with State out of junior college. Auburn also offered him at the time, but they didn't really pursue him super hard. That was a couple of years ago. Um, in 2022, I think he started one game for State. And then last year, he started out the year rotating at left tackle and then started the final seven games. Uh, at left tackle, graded out pretty good there. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, uh, Auburn would love to plug him in at left tackle and move Dylan away to a more natural guard position where they feel like his future is in the NFL. And then you've got uh, just a big competition for that one guard spot in the spring and going into fall. So uh, that would really solidify Auburn's offensive line if they could land him. Yeah, now, um, of course, as I mentioned a couple of times, classes get started Wednesday. Now, that wouldn't be the end date. you got about a week before you can uh, add classes, add or drop classes. And so, say a week, but you'd like to get players, you know, go ahead and get them in, get them ready so they can get started with classes, go through winter workouts. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, I was distracted there. (laughs) For a minute, there was something going on here, but... um... Could you say that again? I'm sorry. No, just talking about um, the. It it may not be a deadline of classes starting Wednesday. There'll right. there'll be about a week or so. But yeah. you'd like to try to get these guys in. There is a dead period right now. Yes. That's going on. That'll pick back up after the coaches convention that's going on gets over. Uh, on uh, I guess it wraps up late Wednesday. In Auburn, we just put up a story. Auburn's um, got 24 new players enrolling uh, this month. Oh, okay, good. That, I was about to get to that. Yeah, that includes about half the class. That includes um, most of the transfers are here. That The guys, I think, that 
signed, committed slash today will be here at right. s- in the next couple of days. Yeah, they, so. they can. I mean, they can actually right. if they if they're here by the weekend, they just miss a day or so of class. Exactly, exactly. But um, that's what this team needed. It needed an influx of talent. They're getting it. I mean, just uh, uh, just running down the list: Bryce Kane, you know. Um, yeah, you got Cam Bryce Coleman. Kane and Cam Coleman at receiver. You're getting all three of Auburn's defensive line transfers in. You're getting all three. I mean, uh, signees. You're getting all three of the linebacker signees in. Um, you're getting uh, Walker White, the quarterback here, right. along with his two of those two of the four receivers. So it's a really good looking group um, of new players Auburn's getting, and they'll be going through going through winter workouts starting here pretty soon, and then uh, spring practice. Now, uh, also today, Jason Jones uh, announcing that he's coming back. We we haven't heard anything on Justin Rogers, who has accepted. Yeah, uh, he's he's accepted an invitation to the Shrine Game. If he plays in that, then he will. He definitely won't. Yeah, be back. I think he's most likely moving on to the NFL. But you know, I guess it's not official yet. But I'm sort of uh, yeah I'm putting together my list for next year. I'm not including him at the moment. And, and Dylan Wade posted something on social media. He just playing the peace sign. Yeah, he was playing. Oh, is that just a? I think he's piecing out at home, maybe. Oh, okay. Come back to Auburn. Okay, that yeah. was. Uh, yeah. I wasn't. I didn't want to read yeah. too much. Well, no, I was thinking was that it was that a goodbye to one of the teammates who <laughs> was have, maybe going into the portal. Could was have been that, a girlfriend he was saying goodbye to. That you just goodbye, never yeah, yeah, but but Dylan Wade and I wonder where Dylan Wade factors in next year because if Auburn feels like they have two tackles uh, who give them, uh, you know, gives gives Auburn a better shot uh, at at uh, you know if, if they. I don't know, Dylan Wade. Maybe he wants to play guard with with that being his. I think he's heard that. I think he's heard from not just Auburn that that if he's going to play professionally, it's going to be inside. So I mean, that's where I think it would be good for all for all parties involved if Auburn could find a true left tackle and move him in, so he could uh, work and and show what he can do there at guard. I think the biggest goals Auburn had for this portal were getting the left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, helping itself out receiver on offense. defensive line depth. There's no right. question. And I think maybe the I think biggest overall. I think was they'd that. still like another. Yes, they've got yes. what Gage Keys and Trill Carter. Yes, Is anybody and else transfer? No, that's, that's it, it so far. They could use one more. Yep. They could. I'm not sure that either of those. I mean, um, Trill may win the starting nose guard job. We'll see. Jason Jones, of course, is returning. Right. Um, you know, so he's got a lot of experience playing the SEC now. Um, and then I, I don't necessarily think Gage Keys is a starting defensive tackle. Maybe. Uh, maybe he can um, step up and win that job. But I think Auburn would love to bring in a guy who, with the potential to start at defensive tackle. Brian, I'd love to get your thoughts. I've been asked this, and it's hard for me to say. I mean, uh, hard for me to disagree. Been a little disappointed with the uh, transfer portaling this year from Auburn? Uh, yeah, and, you know, you came out and said it uh, a few weeks ago that they hadn't. They didn't right. feel like he did a good job. So I think that's a fair analysis of it. The one thing I will say, though, is – you really can't fully evaluate it until they're done. No, that's right. right. Because just because you don't get this guy, there may be somebody right. better that comes right. along. Now, if you're talking about quarterback, you really needed to get somebody. If you were going to get a quarterback, you'd really like to get someone and go through spring so you really so you know exactly what you have heading into the fall. Yeah, I think that's the biggest um, mistake they made, you know, um, before the bowl game. But the start of bowl practice – Freeze basically came out and said, you know, we're, we're down with... We're good. Yeah. Right, with, with Peyton for next year. He didn't come out and say it, dum bum boom, but he but it pretty sure, much said it, it. Yeah, yeah, it sure seemed that yeah. way. He said he was open, you know, if, if, if another quarterback... And then after the bowl game, 
it was, you know, it's, the competition yeah. wide open. Yeah, we're, we're going to go out and we're going to start looking. We know they contacted a couple of guys at least. Right. Um, so I think there was a, maybe a miss. But then again, I, I can, to me, what, what Peyton did in the bowl game is no different than he did all season in a lot of ways. I know he didn't play well, but I also saw a group of receivers that couldn't get open, couldn't make plays on 50-50 balls. I saw protection breakdown. So uh, everybody that's down on Peyton, I can understand because I didn't think he played well either, but there were some circumstances that mm-hmm. you know Auburn can improve on to help him be a better quarterback next year. And if you're going to get a quarterback, again, I mean, uh, you, you have to expect that there's going to – that's going to then – um, create attrition because everybody you've got isn't going to stick around if you bring somebody in, and you'd better you'd better be sure that the addition is better than what you have. Right, and that that makes it really um, difficult, I think, um, because I don't know that there's that many quarterbacks out there now that you can say could come in and be out Peyton, and then if you wait until the summer you're doing what you did with Peyton right again and trying to get a guy to come in here and and you know figure everything out in just a short amount of time before the season starts um but then again if it if it doesn't work out with Auburn getting a a quarterback they've improved the receiver room already Mm -hmm. they're in the process of, of improving the offensive line and we'll see what Peyton can do with um you know a different offensive coordinator a, a more I think um, deliberate plan on offense and a whole spring and summer and uh, another two a day to prepare for 2024. So I, I would not be too down on Auburn's potential next year if, if it is Peyton that they end up going with. It's Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com joining Bill and Dan here in the studio. Drew at the controls. We'll talk about who will be coaching what, what uh, changes you know there are and could be when we come back. Love for you to join us here on the Monday Drive. Uncle T-Bone here. 211390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 450 here on this Monday afternoon. We'll get to our talk about coaches because it looks like uh, we, we may have another uh, opening here yeah. at, at Auburn pretty soon, Brian. Yeah, it looks like Ron Roberts has headed to Florida as a linebacker coach. That's been rumored for a while, and it looks like it's going to happen. Um, and I think the guy to watch for Auburn is Chris Kiffin. Hmm. So keep an eye on I've, that. Uh, people, for some reason, I've been getting a lot of questions about Chris Kiffin, Zach Arnett. Yeah. So uh, Kiffin uh, coached with you at Ole Miss, I believe. And I believe he tried to hire him last year. Yep. But the same sort of situation as we have right now, whereas NFL teams aren't thrilled with coaches leaving before their right. teams are done playing. Right. Um, and then I don't know I don't know that he has a relationship with Arnett or not. I'm not I don't know. sure about that. But, um, of course, Arnett was let go from Mississippi State yep. earlier uh, this year. Young, uh, outstanding yeah. young defensive coordinator. coordinator. Yes. All right, let's get to the uh, drive hotline presented by Sky Bar. And Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, I was wondering about one of the incoming freshmen, Amaris Williams. Yes. Uh-huh. Defensive lineman. Yes. Do you think he's ready to step in and start? 
I don't know about start, uh, but I do think he is uh, maybe, if not the best, one of the top two or three uh, of that class that Auburn signed. I think he's extremely talented. Of course, he was a late foot from Florida. Yep. He's from, I think, Clinton, North Carolina. That is right. And uh, I think he's going to step in at defensive end and maybe be Keldrick Fox back up right away. Yeah, it's interesting. If if Keldrick Falk moves inside, I mean, he could be this year's Keldrick Falk outside. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, that was my next question, was whether he was a tackler in the end. I I think uh, he certainly has the body to grow into a tackle, but if you just look at his athleticism and you talk to um, coaches, I think most feel like he is going to stay at end just because he is so quick and fast and um, just has that athleticism that you want him more on the edge working at that five mm-hmm. tech and uh, being able to um, pressure the passer and, and do all those different things out there. It sounds great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate calling. He's, uh, uh, let's see. He is, he is one of the um, 24, and that includes uh, preferred walk-ons and transfers that are, are already uh, moved to Auburn and enrolling. Yeah, he just yes. played just played in the uh, All-America Bowl yep. the other day. Yep, he Look, is, Looked pretty good in it, too going to be a special player for Auburn. This is a great class they signed, and it's um, really big that they, they're getting more than half those guys in enrolled well, that, that way. Well, that's just sort of the way it is now. Yep. I mean, more and more players are wanting – they realize that they've got a chance, a much better chance of playing in the fall if they go through the spring. Yep. So, I mean, you're going to see more and more. And that, Brian, sort of leads, leads us into some conversation – uh, that, that gets back to what we were talking about at the very beginning um, with how much is on the plates of college coaches right now with so much all at the same time. What, I mean, do you, do you have any thoughts as to, I mean, you hear coaches, coach after coach after coach saying, hey, something's got to be done about this. Now, the NCAA has never been great at solving problems, but They've I mean, been terrible at it, actually. This, I mean, there <laughs> needs to be something done. We need to adjust either the the periods for the transfer portal for the signing of high school and junior college players. Something has got to be done to try to spread things out and not have it all just happening at one time the way it is now. I agree. The um, uh, it, it's just too busy, especially in December and in early January. I think the number one solution that they can do is to move the early signing period to late June or early July. Yes, sometime before the high school and college practices get going. Season starts for sure. Most schools are are getting close to 20 commitments by then anyway. Well, I mean, you look, and in every other sport, players are able to sign before they play their senior season. Yep, and the thing now that makes me even feel better about this is you can give them an automatic waiver if, if the head coach, coach leaves. Change. Yeah. And you're basically to the point now, because of court rulings and because of the, the ineptitude of the NCAA, that you have unlimited transfers. Right. So, so it's, it's, not, just, it's not tying them right. down, but it's allowing them, if they know where they want to go, to go ahead and do it. Right. And get that out of the way so the coaches then can concentrate on their team for a while. Then you can, you can bring some players in during. But I agree. I think that it, they need to be separated. You have the early signing period and then, and then what it's used ridiculous. to be the regular yeah. signing period just six weeks later. Just, that, that makes no sense. You're right. Absolutely. And this would take so much off of coaches' plates in December because the majority of players are going to sign in that early yep. period, whether it's at the very end of June or early July. They can take that, that, you know, those three weeks off in July that they've been getting off anyway. They can still get that. 
and then December is just the transfer portal. And the thing they can do with the portal is to continue to decrease the time. I, I don't think kids need. They don't need. They don't need a month. It's, right. It ends it's up being. Month. It ends up it's being forty-five. It ends up being four, 40 days right. instead of the thirty that they said because. You know, half the teams in the country are playing some kind of postseason, right. so it gets to stretch right. that a little Just bit. Just give every player, you know, a two-week period plus guys in the playoffs or whatever, bowl games, a certain number of days after they finish their season, right? I wonder if you need to start it as early as you do. Maybe make it more like once the season ends, you've got however many days yeah. after that. Yeah, some, something like I, that. I, I don't know. That could, that could work. Hey, we'd love to hear from you if you've got some suggestions. You know the NCAA's listening. <laughs> uh, we're back with our number two here of the Monday Drive. This is The Drive. <laughs> the Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Hope everybody doing well and had a good weekend. We've got the 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 whole crew that is usually here on on Mondays. Uh, of course, we weren't on last Monday. It was New Year's or the Monday before when it was Christmas. And we won't be on next Monday because of MLK Day. But uh, Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, MalvernSports.com, and Drew all here in the studio on the Monday edition of The Drive. We welcome you in, and we'd love for you to join in here in hour number two and the second hour, as usual, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And, uh, yes, with a lot going on, so many different things we can talk about from the college football championship game tonight. Speaking of college football, Auburn uh, about to start the spring semester, and they continue to add to the roster for this semester. Brian was talking about the 24 new uh, additions to the roster that will be going through the spring. Uh, Meanwhile, Auburn uh, looking to – and I think a lot of schools will be to um, shore up or solidify their coaching staffs. Auburn right now, um, you know, the, the word came out the other day, Philip Montgomery not being retained as offensive coordinator. Word coming out today that it looks like Ron Roberts is headed to the University of Florida. So Auburn will be replacing both coordinators. We know Charles Kelly will be on the Auburn staff. Don't exactly know, uh, you know, how that, you know, will be – uh, position-wise or um, title-wise, right. but uh, th- there are more moves to be made there. Auburn basketball, tremendous performance as they continue. Uh, they're on a they're on a run of just dominating opponents, and they went to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and beat Arkansas more soundly than they had ever been beaten at Bud Walton Arena. 83-51, that 32-point victory, the largest uh, margin ever by an opponent there at Bud Walton. Yeah, and, and as sharp as Auburn was in December, I still uh, I, I had uh, my doubts about what was going to happen in Fayetteville and whether or not Auburn would be able to come away with a victory because Arkansas is a – I mean, they're, they're 
even with what happened on Saturday, I still think most people would look around the league and tell you there aren't five teams in the conference with more talent, one through eight, one through ten, yeah. than, than Eric Musselman and Arkansas's team has. And, and for Auburn to go there and do that, it's... Yeah, it's, it's an incredibly impressive performance that caps off a month where mm-hmm. since the loss to since so the loss State, to App State, Auburn's averaging winning by probably, you know, 24 points a game, something like shout that. Out to, uh, shout out to Scott Cross and the Troy Trojans, by the way, beating App State this weekend at Trojan Arena, get, getting that win there. Troy is probably uh, the number two team in the Sun Belt men's basketball right now. James Madison's in the top 25, or they were, uh, before uh, before picking up that loss this weekend. But uh, no, that's a, uh, that was a big win uh, for uh, for crossing the guys. It's a good App State team, too, as, as, Auburn, yeah. uh, as, as Auburn saw. Much there, tougher at home. Tough, tougher at home. As, as, a lot of, as, as just about everybody As is. a lot of mid-majors are, and, and that's another reason why Auburn, yeah, going up to, uh, going up to Arkansas and, uh, and, and pulling off that win is, uh, and, and doing it that way is just so impressive. So a lot going on that we can uh, talk about. Again, we'd love for you to join in. You can give us a call on the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to Derek and uh, and everybody else on the Southeastern Industrial Contractors team. Oh, yeah. Um, So with that, I mean, here we go. I mean, what do you think about tonight? We've got a national championship game. Brian mentioned this a little early, asked the question. And uh, for the first time in uh, nearly 10 years since uh, 2014, there is no – well, there's not an SEC team. There's no Alabama, LSU, or Georgia yeah. in there that Auburn fans are like, oh, please, don't win another one. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. It is Michigan and Washington. Michigan, the uh, – I mean, they're, they're sort of looked at – and I think rightfully so is the bad boys, the yeah. bad guys here because they've been accused and caught, you know, trying to stealing signals. Yeah. Their head coach suspended for giving for at the beginning and the yeah. end of the season uh, for three games uh, each got in time. Trouble. I think I, it was hamburgers he had with a recruit during a dead period or something. It's just yeah. If I rooted for a team that lost a close game to Michigan in the last couple of years, I probably wouldn't find the sign stealing thing as as funny and as delightful as I do for as a total outsider. I think maybe it's the fact that disguises were involved, right? That you really yeah. enjoy. Like when the guy had to he had to go buy like fake uniforms, right? Like he's like doing a <laughs> when like he, he's doing a heist. When he's on the was it the Western Michigan sideline? Yeah. yeah. That was just so wild. It reminds you of Bobby Valentine, right, Bill? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean anytime anytime a sports scandal involves a guy having to put on, you know, fake, a fake mustache, yeah, yeah. some glasses or a, <laughs> yeah. you know, or like a you know, a janitor's uniform or something mm-hmm. in order to get by. Uh, what, what you know, people say uh, I've heard this. I, I'm not advocating anybody to try this. People say that with like an orange vest or a ladder, you can get by security that otherwise shouldn't be letting That's regular people right. through because they don't want to. You know, they figure oh, it must be important for a guy with an orange vest or a ladder to need to uh, to get through. So I wonder if if uh, the, that Michigan staffer had access to, to orange vests and ladders as well. But no, that's uh, I, I imagine that's that's also part of the reason I think some folks are rooting against Michigan uh, but, tonight. In the, in but the it, it, it is a very interesting matchup. I mean, you have the best pass offense against statistically the number two pass defense in the nation. I mean, you, you've you got, uh, you would think, it's, generally you think of the 
the the brawn, the strength of the Big Ten against the the finesse and speed. Although, as I heard somebody say last week, uh, Washington is the the most powerful finesse team you're going to see. They, I mean, they are an explosive, high flying offense with uh, Michael Penix, and uh, you, you mentioned uh, Coach DeBoer. I mean, what a great they seem like that's just cooler stories from Washington. Maybe it's because yeah. Um, um, I don't know a lot of people that are just unless they're Michigan fans that are that are going to be pulling for the Wolverines. And, and I think both of these uh, both of these quarterbacks in a in a year where it seems like there's going to be a lot of you know there there are going to be several NFL teams deciding we need to make a, a fresh start and bring in a new quarterback to sort of take over. I, I think there are folks who think both of these quarterbacks could be uh, playing for an NFL team next year. On top of like, I mean, on top of everybody else who's, I mean, there's Caleb Williams and there's Drake May and there's Bo Nix who is is looking more and more like a like like a pro as well. But but I think these two, uh, McCarthy and, uh, and and Penix, Penix more like he's he's opened more eyes to the possibility. He has, and it's funny though. I mean, uh, I J- think J- the, the, the perce- Daniels. I should also mention. Yeah, you should. But I mean, the <laughs> J- perception of JJ McCarthy by a lot of people is, well, it's uh, slow and plodding, and and he's not very, but. There's some some NFL scouts really like JJ McCarthy a lot. You no, know, he didn't. He didn't seem that slow and plotting against Alabama. No, he didn't. Like, I, I, but I mean, it's funny. I've heard people go, "That's the only game he ever had in his career." Well, I don't know about that. No, and I, I think people people have this idea in their head of what a Michigan quarterback. Is I agree, too, right? Where it's you know whether it was Tom Brady or Elvis Gerbach or Jim Harbaugh <laughs> himself, you know, or Chad Henney. Like it's not exact, you know. It hasn't always. There was Denard Robinson for a couple of years, yeah. but but outside of that, you know, it hasn't necessarily been uh, a program. It, it's been associated with having a quarterback who is a certain style of player. And I think McCarthy is a little bit more of of a modern pro quarterback than what what people might think of as as your as your Michigan man. Oh, speaking of Harbaugh, that's another interesting theory that people have. So Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, is a huge Tom Brady fan. There's a belief out there that when it becomes allowed, I, I guess Brady has to be retired for a certain amount of time or he can't be working for Fox. I forget the specifics. But Mark Davis would be interested in Tom Brady becoming part of the ownership group of the Las Vegas Raiders. Hmm. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and Tom Brady, both Michigan guys. Jim Harbaugh this past offseason hired Tom Brady's agent, Don Yee, as his new agent. And I, there are folks who think Jim Harbaugh could be where the next stop for Jim Harbaugh af- after tonight could be the head coach of the of the Las Vegas. I think a lot of people feel like the next stop for Harbaugh, and it could be very short shortly after tonight's game, will be in the NFL anyway. But there so, are so, there there yeah. are some you know some lines that people are drawing there between different places where Harbaugh has a and and there's also you know I, I guess some people just think that he he has his his heart set on winning a Super Bowl someday because his brother has one. Which I don't know, you know. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, you know, brother brotherly uh, competition is is can can be pretty strong. Yeah, I, I just watched them. I just watched <laughs> the movie about the Von Erichs, you know. So I mean, the you know yeah. the Iron Claw. That there's a there's there's a story about brotherly competition. Uh, but uh, uh, no, that that's that's uh, something else. That yeah, I, I would think that tonight is the um, it could could very well be. And and do you think also Michigan might have an appetite to as successful as Harbaugh has been, maybe a break because of the whiff of scandal yes i think so too well go ahead and like in your face win the national championship move on to the nfl 
And it's like, oh, just, you know, despite what everybody said, no matter what, still won a because title. The, because the history of <laughs> athletics at the University of Michigan is not one without scandal. Like, there have been scandals involving Michigan before in different sports. But, but that's also been a place where when things start to go bad, they don't want a scandal-ridden coach necessarily right. hanging around. They will, they will sort of show him the door and start over, whether it was, you know, whatever happened with the Fab Five, 30 years ago or you know something more recent but i would think uh, uh yeah I, I would think harbaugh you know may, maybe even even though he's won as much as he has and it's his own mater maybe there's some folks you know higher ups at michigan that would be okay with him taking uh, an nfl job and and sort of michigan starting over i think they have kind of like notre dame with uh with, with freeman I, th- I think it's Shamar Moore who would people think would be the, the guy who did some interim work. Mm-hmm. If if Harbaugh took a new job, I think Michigan would probably. Look well, they were unbeaten when he wasn't the head coach. Yeah, too, I think so. I think Shamar Moore might be the guy in, inside that they think could be uh, uh, the, uh, the the next man up. Although uh, is it Mike Hart also was uh, he he was considered for another Big Ten job this offseason. He was a Michigan uh, running back uh, earlier uh, earlier this uh, this century. So yeah, I think that's also something to look for. 334-321-1390. That's the uh, Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. Brian Matthews with us. Brian, uh, before we, we get back into coaching and, and player and basketball and everything talk, I mean, it is, as we said, a busy, busy time right now. Just talk about everything that's going on there at AuburnSports.com. Well, we've now got an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator search underway. Um I don't think these searches are necessarily going to be long or involve a whole lot of names, um, but uh, they're happening, and we'll have updates on that. Um, as uh, do, do I mean, do, do you expect the offensive coordinator to be someone that has extensive play calling experience? I don't. No, I think you is going to be the main play caller, and I think he's going to take a bigger role in in designing and uh, coming up with game plans each week uh, for sure. Um, it just everyone seems to say. I guess I'm, I'm referring back to. Gus Malzahn's tenure and Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, where it seems like people say it is harder than ever before to be both a closer on the recruiting trail as a head coach and very involved as a play caller in the offense week in and week out. I, I, I wonder why. Just, I mean, I guess the amount of time. Uh, he, Eli Drinkwitz would say, eh. It worked okay for me this year. Yeah, and, and Lincoln Riley nearly went yeah. to the playoff doing it. with. Uh, and it with wasn't because I think he was spending time recruiting. It's because, as you said a while ago, he can't make a good hire at defense Riley, the, um, as a defensive coordinator. Lincoln Riley would probably be the, the example right now of, and I know the USC lost some games this season, but Lincoln Riley's had some years where his, like, it's, you know, he, he's doing Lane, both. Lane's a play caller. Lane Kiffin is doing both. And doing I mean, I, I think... I think when you get to the point where you're not having to catch up as much, I think that was the biggest problem this past year for for Hugh Freeze, Brian, is trying to catch up. Auburn was so far behind working on the 24 class that, I mean, that's where the extra time needed to be used trying to recruit high school players. I think that Hugh Freeze deserves to be able to go through what he went through and be able to make whatever changes he needs to. 
Uh, he was in a, a bubble at Liberty, Liberty, in my opinion, right? That's, that's not the same as— I believe it's pronounced Biberty. Biberty, Liberty, Biberty. I do, yes. <laughs> that's that, 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 ought, that, that should be Biberty. their nickname. <laughs> it's pronounced Biberty? The Liberty, Biberty. And before that, you know, being an old Miss, it's, it's not the same as Auburn A and B. The college football landscape has changed so much just in the last two to three years. And the other thing to look at, I've had some people go, boy, does this look bad that he's making these changes after one year? No, look around at places— that this is when you usually make changes. I think keeping, right. when, I think keeping Philip Montgomery would have looked bad. Well, I, I mean, think it would have made you but, look like you were afraid just about to make, just about right. anywhere that a head coach comes in, especially if they come in uh, along the timing of when Coach Freeze came in. He came in just before signing day. You've got to have a staff together, so you put a staff together as quickly as you can, yep. and you hope that it works. But most changes, I, there are very few schools where a head coach comes in and there aren't quite a few changes after year 1. Yep. Oh, it's not no, it's it's not good that Auburn hasn't had an offensive coordinator have two full seasons since Chip Lindsey, right? And being Auburn's offensive Auburn's coordinator. Auburn's had nine different yeah. play callers in the last 7 years. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like spinal tap drummers, <laughs> right? Like it's I mean, it's really I mean, it's it's amazing the way they've been able to go through these guys. And that's that's not good. But that has nothing to do with whether or not Philip Montgomery should have been retained. And that has nothing to do with what Hugh Freeze does next. That's just you're trying to stop something that, you know, you're trying to break a cycle that, that has happened with, well, with other people making decisions. You've I mean, got to have started before Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Well, you, you've got to have good chemistry right. on the staff. Well, I mean, guys, everybody has to be on the same page. So huh? let me let me toss out, I guess, the three names that people immediately there were different camps when when the Philip Montgomery news broke. And you guys can can choose like. So Damian Craig has had his name uh, mentioned no. as someone. I, I've only seen that mentioned from a couple of people that I wouldn't. Oh no, no, I'm not. Pay attention. Uh, yeah, to no, I'm not. Uh, this is and, and, no, but and you're fans, right. I mean, and fan, and we've had callers fans. ask. We've, yeah, we've had callers ask about Damian Craig. Uh, Matt Luke, uh, who is an offensive line coach. I thought that was interesting. Um, has worked with Hugh Freeze. In yes, the past. he has. Was, was the yes, Hugh, he has. Was, it was, took over for Hugh and, over, yep. when he was let go at Ole Miss, and is not a, is not currently an offensive coordinator. No, he's is not. An, is he's offensive the offensive line, line coach. coach at Clemson. Uh, and then and then the other one would be Kent Austin, who is an internal option that that is uh, was an analyst this past year. And has worked with Hugh Freeze extensively at both Ole Miss and and Liberty. Uh, okay, right? I, I think it's going to be Derek Nix, and I think he's probably going to be the co-offensive coordinator. That's assuming that um, you know Auburn can pull him away from Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss wants to keep him. And I believe obviously. Auburn was interested in Derek Nix a year ago, right? And I think that would fit more what what I think. And again, I'm I'm haven't talked to Hugh lately. I've, Especially haven't had any like one on one or anything, but it seems like that's what would fit the needs more. Someone who can come in. He is a a proven, very good recruiter. Yep. Uh, he has not been a play caller, but this could be another step in him getting there or becoming a head coach, which I believe he will be yep. before too long. So that one, that one would make a lot of sense. It'll be interesting. And again, with the coaching convention going on this week, I think there are going to be a lot of coaching moves across the country right. here over the next few days. I think what, what, what could happen on offense if Auburn can get Derek Nix away from Ole Miss is he could be co-OC. Um, they could allow um, Kent Austin to be the quarterback coach and be co-OC. And you Freeze could take a bigger role in the offense and be the main play caller and also oversee – you know, the operation mm -hmm. a little bit more. 
with a Derrick Nix, you're getting a guy that's a really good recruiter. He's coached wide receivers and running backs both. Right. And so whatever Freeze has to back away from recruiting, Derrick Nix can help pull that up. And the same thing if you look at possibilities on defense. Chris Kiffin, if they can get him used to Oh, he's an excellent recruiter. Right. The Texans are playing uh, this upcoming weekend in the playoffs. So, But like you said, he is a – excellent is the right word I would use. I mean, he's a really talented recruiter. So – and then then you've got Charles Kelly coming in who could figure in that somehow too, possibly. Uh, I think if if they could get Kiffin, he would be the coordinator, I believe, and Kelly would be a secondary coach. But – you know, I think there's some other options there too, but um, I, I think the two coordinator hires could certainly be more um, helpful when it comes to recruiting, which will allow you to do more of his offensive work. We'll get to our first break and then to the phones. Shane will be up first. Who was the other? John. Shane and John. Hang on. You'll be up when we come back here on the Monday Drive. Basketball season is 5 p.m. 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday evening. Bill, Dan, Brian, and Drew, all here in the studio. Up, oh, we lost one of the callers, Drew. Who did we lose? Shane. We lost Shane. Oh, Shane was. So Shane, we got Bill, John. Say the Western line, Bill. Shane, come back. Yeah, come back, Shane. Come back, Shane. Yeah. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. It's uh, flooding here in Prattville right now, but uh, that's a free weather forecast for you. But uh, <clears throat> I was yeah. just going to ask, you think these uh, coaches that just got let loose? Do you think they had uh, saw the writing on the wall, and that may have contributed to the? Uh, Lackluster uh, bowl performance, and then just mailing it in. Um, I don't know. I mean, defensively, I thought you know, I, eighty-four they, yards over the final. Three yeah, quarters. I mean, it, yeah. Auburn wasn't out there the first half of the first quarter, yeah. but after that, I thought they played. Considering who they had available, they played all right defensively. I, I tend to think that uh, guys like Philip and and Ron are very professional guys, and even though you freeze was wasn't on the same page as Philip, that doesn't mean Philip did a bad job. He, you know, he did the best he could and I mean, he can have success somewhere else I feel like but uh, I, I just so, uh, I don't I don't know uh, what what a good reason is for Auburn's first quarter I, I just I just don't, yeah. I don't understand other than the talent issues we've talked you about know, all you, season you know what it reminded me of when we were talking about the New Mexico State game John you know we, we said the only analysis I could provide after Auburn lost to New Mexico State is when you don't play well there is no depth to like how like there's no limit to how bad things can go. There's no limit to to how deep the the, the trouble uh, you, you can find yourself in is, and that's that's where you know Auburn Auburn did not play well in the first quarter. I don't know if it was like I, I don't know on an emotional level or a mental level why it happened, but while Auburn did not play well in the first quarter against Maryland yeah. and found themselves down twenty one nothing after ten minutes. And on the flip side of that, I thought the, it was consensus that the the defensive coordinator we thought that he'd uh, done a pretty uh, pretty good job throughout the year with what he had. And uh, so does this does this mean that um, I guess uh, the head coach just somebody's available that he's closer friends with or has a better working relationship with I, that he wants to bring in? First of all, I agree. I think Ron Roberts did do a good job. Yeah, I mean Auburn, I Auburn he, led led the SEC yeah. in like red zone. They were very good third down a uh, third third down defensively. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I mean the the guy. Um, the the top name that Brian's been talking about, Chris Kiffin, 
right. someone that is a proven coordinator, recruiter who Hugh Freeze has worked with. So, yeah. yes. And I think Freeze would like as many good recruiters on this staff as possible. I agree. Hey, I remember, and and Brian, you you were a little young for this, but I remember when Coach Dye came in and then talking with him, you know, uh, the last few years about this, he said the most important thing you do first is you hire recruiters. You've got to get the talent. Then if, if those recruiters aren't great coaches, you need to get better coaches but the first thing you've got to have right. is great recruiters yep and uh I, so, yeah go ahead one other thing uh so you don't think this automatically opens the door for uh, charles kelly to walk into the defensive coordinator's position I, I do not there could be some role as a code C or something or maybe uh it'll work its way to charles here over the next couple of weeks depending on how things go with kiffin and possibly zach arnett right mm-hmm. so i'm not ruling that out but my first inclination is it's going to be Chris Kiffin or Zach Arnett. Those would be the two names I would watch the closest at this time. And Chris is uh, Lane's, Lane's brother, right? And yes, he is. Yes, and he is with the Houston Texans right now. They are playing um, this weekend in the uh, wild card round. I don't exactly know who they play off the top of my head, but um, as, as Bill mentioned, I think on the air, we were talking about it off the air too, that, that uh, you know he'll have to wait till that season's over before he can make a move. Yeah, they play the Browns Saturday. The Browns, there you go. All right, well, I appreciate y'all's time. Y'all have a good afternoon. Appreciate the call, John. All right, we do have Shane back with us. Hey, Shane. Yeah, how are you doing? Pretty good. Hey, I just had a, a quick question um, about the, the, the new OC. So I, I was reading, I don't know if this is true or not, but Hugh Freeze was, was planning on taking over more of the uh, play calling or all of the play calling. If, was that, if that was true, would we not want to maybe like just elevate – like Carnell Williams, since he he's a, a next wet recruiter, he's the one of the obvious fan favorites. You know, make sure we keep him on long term. Yeah, I don't think that's in the works for this this time around. Um, I think you want somebody a little bit more experienced, um, like a Derek Nix, who's been around for I guess ten years in the SEC. Uh, he's been years. at Ole Miss since twenty eight, two thousand eight. So yeah. it's like fifteen, sixteen yeah. years at Ole Miss. Yeah, he's also got a little. Well, bit how much is this team. new guy going to be the the play caller though? Is if if that's what I was saying, you know, if is if Hugh Freeze is going to be in the main play caller, does he need to have that much experience then? Well, it's one of the things we talked with Don Don about this the other day. Uh, an offensive coordinator has a lot more on his plate than than just right. play calling. You got to run the staff, and, and you see some offensive coordinators for for teams like you know Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, uh, for Lincoln Riley, for you know I mean for Eli Drinkwitz, they've got offensive coordinators, but they themselves are the play callers. The right. offensive coordinator then is going to be the one that the head coach relies on to come up with the practice plans, with the game plans, with you know uh, how everything is going to go leading up to the game and knowing you know who they're going to be playing and substituting things like that. So there's an awful lot to be done other than play calling that would then take that off the plate and then the head coach knows what the plan is and then just calls the plays yeah. uh, there during the game. But, yeah, I, th- I think you have a good point there. I just don't think that's part of the um, equation this time around. All right, guys. All right. Thank you. War Eagle. Appreciate it, Shane. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in, 334-321-1390, as we continue here with the Monday Drive. 
Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Monday evening. Raining? Dan, the weatherman? It is, in fact, raining. I am the one closest to the window uh, for today's show, and uh, I can I can hear some of the uh, the rain that our previous caller uh, referenced. Yeah, well, I knew it was supposed to be rain and wind um, tonight through midday tomorrow or so. So, yeah, be prepared for that. When does the snow get here? Uh, not anytime <laughs> not, soon, uh, I don't think, Brian. I've looked at the looked at the long range forecast. It's going to get down to around freezing, but I, I, I don't see think, all those think. pretty pictures from Connecticut. I think that's fine. Right there, and I'm that's like, fine. They can, they can nice. have that. Well, it'd be nice to have it once in a while down here, wouldn't it? Yeah, as long as I didn't have to get anywhere, that, yeah. that would be fine. Let's get back to the drive hotline presented by Sky Bar, and John is up next. Hey, John. Hey guys, uh, just a couple quick thoughts. Um, and if Brian covered this already, I apologize. But did we anticipate any other staff changes, number one? Number two, you may be a little bit green, but to Travis Williams be in the running for the defensive coordinator position? And just one final thought. I don't know if you guys have mentioned this, but what a year Derek Brown has in the NFL. Um, I oh, think yeah. he recorded the most tackles ever in the history of the NFL for a defensive tackle. That's all I got, guys. Appreciate it. Um, I have not heard um... – T will mention, but yes, that would be. I, I would think T Rob. T Rob might would be, a be better. He, he's more experienced. Yeah. Um, Travis, I mean Travis Williams. I I still think needs a little more seasoning before he'd be uh, considered for a cord for the defensive coordinator. He's probably spot close here. to it. Though. Probably, yeah, he's yeah. getting close. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a, what a great year. Yeah. Derek Brown was it ninety was it ninety nine tackles. Uh, I think he did. He get to hundred. Did he get to hundred? Was ninety? I saw it when he hit ninety nine, and that was the most tackles ever by a defensive tackle. I think Derek got to uh, to to one hundred in the game uh, against uh, yeah new single season record uh, with uh, with with the let's see here ninety nine tackles the new single season record for a defensive lineman. Uh, Now it's a shame he didn't hit triple digits. Keep in mind, keep in mind they do play an extra game Uh, now. Not to sound like the guys who are trying to preserve. I'm not trying to preserve Babe Ruth's record. Uh, you know, Maris and uh, Mantle over here, but they do play an extra. The NFL's game. never cared about that. They really don't put a whole lot of asterisks by that when you. They don't. When when you when you pile up more yards, get bigger numbers. Yeah. That's Brown, that's it is what it is. Brown Brown broke a record that was set last season by uh, Christian Wilkins, former uh, Clemson running, uh, former Clemson defense tackle, now with the uh, with the Dolphins, and uh, uh, Derek Brown was not selected to the Pro Bowl uh, from the <laughs> NFC, uh, despite his uh, record-setting season. Uh, but I think uh, yeah, you know, the, what a, what a tackles matter. Yeah, well, and and the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don Dunn, uh, just uh, let let him know. Oh uh, yeah. Oh wait, wait, defensive tackles or tackles in no, general? No, that's what I meant. Ta- yeah. Tackle. Well, no, I, I meant what a, what a tackles. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean defensive tackles, a position. That'd be tough to tough to expect to win without. You need some. You need, you need or some without of someone that that tackles. Or, or or without offensive tackles. Yes, that's you also, true. You also that's true. Need, <laughs> a couple I don't of know, guys it'd be sort there. of like uh, seven on seven. Speaking of offensive tackles, and I don't think this is breaking news because it happened while we were on our uh, our, our Christmas break. But um, uh, fifteen finalists for the NFL for the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, that will be unveiled the week of the Super Bowl. I think February eighth. 
Willie Anderson is one of them and could be uh, could, could be on his way uh, to, uh, to to uh, to Canton, Ohio as a they take five and it's a loaded class where like right. everybody everybody there probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Dwight Freeney's on that list, Julius Peppers, Tory Holt, Devin Hester, uh, Andre Johnson, yeah, Fred Taylor. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of of high quality NFL players on there, but I think uh, and and I'm not I'm not qualified to say which offensive lineman like should go to the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't, but uh, I feel like if you're you know I, I, who who would object to Willie Anderson getting in, Bill? Like that's uh, that's uh, uh, n- nobody around here I can imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. And so uh, yeah, hope, hoping that uh, hoping that he gets some good news. I looked I looked this up because we were uh, on the Observer podcast we were looking up whether or not Julius Peppers had gotten in yet or not. And I feel like Julius Peppers is also somebody who um, th- there probably shouldn't be too much debate about. Oh, Antonio Gates is also on that uh, is also on that list of. Yeah, that's a pretty good list. It's a pretty good list, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's probably going to be five from, from there. And, and some guys are playing pretty recently, you know, as far as Hall of Famers go, uh, to, uh, to, to join that list. Uh, Brian, he also asked any other changes that you think might happen on the offensive staff? I think it's possible. Yeah, I, 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 I think to, it's yeah. likely. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, uh, again, like I was saying, after year one, I think that's that's when a head coach can. All right, not that there's been a whole lot of time for him to take a breath, but I mean, he can say, all right, here's how things went. Here's how they need to go. Um, you know what what is the relationship that the staff has. Uh, with itself, with the players, you know, with everything, and and are there ways now that the this outstanding signing class, early signing class, is in the books, and half of them are starting classes in a couple of days. Um, now's the time to, if you can adjust things, if you can if you can improve on the the chemistry, the strategy, the whatever, the yeah. the overall. This is the time to do it. And you don't want to take too much time doing it because as you were saying, a huge junior day this Saturday. And it's also the last, I would say, the last opportunity, if there are any folks in the transfer portal that you'd like to get in for the spring, they're gonna be in this weekend. Yep. So I uh, no, I, I agree. It's um I think um, especially somebody in Euphrates' position who is coming back into a situation that he's not, you know, necessarily very familiar with as far as the college football landscape at this time with NIL and the transfer portal and, you know, the, the amount of changes that has happened since he was at Ole Miss and the situation he inherited at Auburn, which was not good in many, many ways, as bad as it's been in maybe 30 years. Uh, I, I just think, um, you know, he deserves the opportunity to reset things, uh, learn on those first 13 months he was here and get guys in that um, he feels are better suited for the staff and he feels are better suited to take Auburn, you know, over to the next step, which is competing for championships again. 334-321-1390. And let's get back to the phones. And Brett is up next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. Hey guys, um, talking about Willie Anderson, I uh, thought it was so funny. Bill, I don't know if you remember this. Obviously, there were a lot of big guys that time playing on the line, but not as big as they were now. But I remember he got hurt. You know, wasn't bad, but they had to take an X-ray. And instead of uh, you know doing it over at the you know 
whatever, the urgent care. They had to send him out to the large animal. Yeah, the, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I, I that, do remember yeah, that. that. Yeah, it's been a minute, but yes, I do remember that now. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, that's pretty big old boy. Yeah, no that. kidding. But, hey, the, the second thing, um, I hadn't looked at the uh, internet much today, is the guy who was the 6'4", 280 defensive end uh, that we were looking at in the transfer portal, has he decided where he's going, or do we know yet? Is, is that, that Tamawa from West Virginia? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think yeah, he's. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think he has. I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen I th- that he's made a decision anywhere. He's somebody that is very, uh, very coveted. I think there are quite a few schools that really want him. Yeah, Brian. Any uh, predictions on that? I don't have a firm grip is, on is, that is, one. Is he the one that Florida State? Uh, I think. I think. I, I think I heard somebody. They, saying that Florida State was may be the team for him, yeah. maybe the team to beat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate the call, Brett. You know, if you've ever watched highlights in 1993, the best team on radio, undefeated and everything, the play where uh, JB sort of um, ices the Iron Bowl, you know, with that long run, uh-huh. kind of late, and he makes that block. It's just, uh, I'll never forget that play. You know, I got to see it right there. I was in person. But, oh, yeah. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful play there for Auburn. Oh, you're not kidding. Great memories. Um, hey, I, I meant to mention this earlier, but uh, how about how about congratulations to the Auburn University marching band? Yeah, they won yep. the Metallica competition. Pretty big. Yeah, uh, for the, the for, yeah. for that halftime show, the large school. They were the large the yeah. large school winner. They won. Uh, I, I was told today. Let's see. They won the seventy-five thousand dollars prize, and they got another five thousand for something else. The uh, um, so I mean, yeah, good, un, it was a great, great show. They brought it back for the Iron Bowl yes. edition too. They did it twice because it, it went over so well, and uh, and yeah, I thought it was a very cool thing that uh, yeah, well deserved. Didn't see a lot of the other contenders, but I can't imagine. Uh, well, obviously not. Doing, there, there wasn't anybody doing, better doing it the way they did it. So yeah, way, way to go! And it's a uh, you know what seventy five grand in equipment. Yeah, they ended at seventy five thousand in equipment and another five thousand um, for for something else. One of the guys in Metallica found five thousand bucks in a couch cushion. No, it was it was it was another five thousand for, and I forgot what the other term was. So they end up with with eighty thousand dollars in prizes. And Metallica is going to do a show at Jordan Hare. This uh, that would be cool. Did not win. We did not. That would have been a neat way. Yeah, that, that would have neat prize for the winner is a you know a Metallica concert. You know for the you know at, at the stadium, but not quite a the not, yeah, not the quite. band gets the band gets to sit. You know, get they they get the prime it'd probably seats. There'd probably be an audience for a Metallica show. I would show think there probably at, would. Jordan Hare Stadium, just something something to, something to toss out there in the summer before the uh, before the, before you need the, uh, the stadium. Yeah, Tamawa Durajaye, I believe, is the uh, player that he was talking about. But uh, yeah, that's I, I saw I saw something today. One of the national folks thinking that Florida State is his most likely landing spot, but he yeah. has not. I don't yeah. think he has made any official announcement. There are some big time transfer guys out there that still have yet to announce, and it's getting pretty tight, you know, as far as time yeah, it is. Roll. Yeah. Well, I mean, and right now it's it's a dead period. It is. Yeah. They can't be. They had to finish up their visits by yesterday. They can visit again this coming weekend. Yep. But a lot of places are either starting or getting started here this week. So uh, let's see who else has. Who else has visited that? That I'll, oh, we're, we're we talked about Percy Lewis a little while ago. 
the the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, C.J. Daniels, the, the wide, receiver, uh, the wide receiver. Don't like Auburn's chances with him. Right. Uh, you know, I liked Auburn's chances with uh, Percy when he left. I don't know what all the delays are, but there could be a lot of a lot of things going on there. So they've been. Uh, it's, we'll it's been a couple of things because Arkansas, I thought, felt great after he visited there. And they were, you know, they were saying he's canceled his Auburn visit, and then yeah. he ended up going to Auburn, and Auburn yeah. felt great. Right. And now we don't know. So what's it could going just on? Be a tough decision for him, yeah. or it could be grade issues. There could be other schools getting involved. Um, in let's see, R.J. Delancey in the, the the corner from Toledo. Yeah, I haven't heard anything recently, but when he left, I felt fairly good about Auburn's chances. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there there are a few guys that have come in, yeah. and we just don't just. Don't know. I mean, again, that's a that's a place I, I think in the secondary. Uh, obviously, Auburn's been looking to bring in, you know, a few veteran receivers as well as the outstanding signing class. Yeah, uh, they'd love to get a cornerback and a safety and or a safety out of the portal if and, possible, and another defensive lineman if they yep. can find one. Yep. So, was, there, was there anybody else on the horizon? There was somebody as far as else defensive that visited line? another defensive lineman. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look. Well, it's time for a break, so we'll we'll try to see if we can find that. Just trying to think of other possibilities that there could be. We'll get to that final break. Uh, still have time for a few phone calls as we wind it down here on the Monday Drive. It's time to stop dealing with unreliable network copiers, printers, and scanners and waiting for days for service. ABS of Auburn is your locally owned and operated solution. 